cinemas now. It's very exciting to be able to come back to the theaters at see A Quiet Place 2 because it was always designed for a theatrical experience. Hello and welcome to another episode of Scare Traducing, the horror podcast that is serious about series. I'm Callum McNabb. I'm Gisela Martinez. Why are we speaking like robots? I was checking the volume. That's why. Turning it up a little bit. Um, yes, so we are here for another episode once again. Uh, once again, here we are. I said in the last episode that we were going to do things slightly differently going forward. Um, and the thing is, we haven't taken a shower. We both stink from this episode. <laughs> Woo! And um, basically, focusing on franchises is going to be not really how we do things going forward. And of course, this episode is talking about two movies which are part of franchises. So as much as this is... A new beginning. It's not really a new beginning. We're going to do more new releases because this year is stacked due to COVID. There's a lot of horror films that aren't part of franchises that we'd like to talk about, like In the Earth, which is coming out. Uh, I believe it's out in America, but it's not out here. Old, which is coming out in oh, July. Yeah. Last Night in Soho, which comes out around about Halloween time. So we'd like to talk about these films as well. So we decided there's enough to get us through a year of just doing every two weeks, just doing a new release. So that's what we're doing. We're talking new releases. And we've got two new releases on the docket yeah. that we've seen in cinemas. Yeah. That we broke COVID restrictions to go and see. Ha, 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 ha. Yes. Again, if you listened to our last episode, we're not anti-vaxxers. We just felt that the idea that cinemas were shut in Glasgow... But they're open now, don't worry. ...was ridiculous. Um, so we went outside of Glasgow to go and see them. But cinemas in Glasgow are now open, so we could have seen these anyway before now. But that's not the point. So, enough rambling. Let's get to it. Our first film of the evening, of the episode, is The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do. Residents of Brookfield were shocked this afternoon by the broad daylight murder of Bruno Sauls. Court accepts the existence of God every time a witness swears to tell the truth. I think it's about time they accept the existence of the devil. Look what he make me do. Look what he make me do. So we will talk a little bit about our experiences with the Conjuring franchise. We did the spin-off movies on the podcast last year. So we did Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, The Nun, Curse of La Llorona. Annabelle Comes Home. We did those five films on the podcast last oh, year. Oh, really? You're looking at... You don't remember that? No. <laughs> so but yeah, we do you did remember what the first franchise we ever did on this podcast? The first episode? Chucky. No. Halloween? No. I we haven't done Halloween okay, on the podcast. Okay, I don't know then. Pet Cemetery. Okay. That was okay. our first episode. Then our next one were the, the Conjuring spin-offs. And the reason we didn't do the main Conjuring franchise was because we had it that... in. Well, 2019 was when we started the podcast. Uh-huh. 2020, there was going to be The Conjuring 3, so we'd do the three of them then. But obviously, COVID delayed it, and now it's coming out at a time where we're saying, eh, maybe we don't do individual episodes for a movie and a franchise. Maybe yeah. we just talk about the new releases. And obviously, we've got another plan in place, but that'll come closer to the end of this year, beginning of next year, once we get all these. Because we've got The Purge to get through, we've got Halloween Kills, we've got Candyman, Escape Room 2. We've got loads to get through. So once we get all the new releases out of the way, we'll do what we're going to do in future. But anyway, yeah. rambling. The Conjuring. The Conjuring. We did the spin-offs. We haven't done the main series. Mm-hmm. But let's just sort of group it all together now. Let's just go back and group it all together. Yeah. What is your opinion of this franchise, of this universe, Gisela Martinez? Look, I think I told you, I think it's really fun yep. franchise but now that you made me rank them um, I didn't actually make you rank them well you told me that you will do that so I will do it can and I then, interrupt you again no okay. I'm talking sorry <laughs> so I did discover like I mean I don't know like 40% of them are not that good 
And I was like, oh, I thought it was a really fun one, but now they're coming. Like, uh, there's a... When you say 40%, there's eight of them. Yeah. Don't tell me your ranking just now, but just how many of them would you consider are not good out of those eight? Three. Okay, I'm around about three as well, to be fair. Yeah. Okay, fair so, enough, fair enough. And there are eight, so I'm like, oh, okay, I mean, still fun. I love it. I yeah. love, I think I love the first five. Really, really enjoy I love them. the love. I love the first three and four and five, I would say I enjoy Ah, yeah. four I enjoy more than five, obviously. But anyway, but yeah, we're, we're not talking about like the the, the rankings, anything, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, Do you I have... really like uh, the what's the name of the guys, the spirit guys. The spirit guys, the Warrens. The Warrens, I love the Warrens. So this is what we need to get into. And I, I love uh, Vera. Vera Farmiga. Yeah, I love her. I love her. She's so good. Right. No, no mention of Patrick Wilson. Yeah, I love him too, but I love her. <laughs> right, okay. So, we briefly mentioned the Warrens, so we need to get this out of the way. Obviously, the Warrens are real people. Yeah. That is how this franchise is born. It claims for the Conjuring movies, not for the spin-offs, but for the three Conjuring movies, to be based on real events. Now, you have to take this with a grain of salt. Cinemas, horror movies have claimed to be based on real events for as long as, fucking at least since the 50s and 60s. So... So what's your point? (laughs) Well, they're pretty controversial because if you don't believe in spirits, which I don't... But you enjoy them. No, I know, but what I'm saying is you have to then admit that the Warrens made their career off of lying and manipulating people, which is what I actually think did happen, because I don't okay. believe in spirits. I do believe. You do believe in spirits? Yes, and you know that. I don't know. I, you say that, but then you act like sometimes you believe in, sometimes you don't. I do believe in okay. spirits. I do believe in ghosts. I believe so you in believe the Warrens encountered possessed people? Yes, I do believe that Amityville was, there was something there. Nonsense. The house... The house is still on the market. Nobody can live there. Yeah, There's been cool. families and families and they feel like something is there. That things, bad things happen. I do believe that things can be haunted. Yes, I do believe. Okay, that's not what I asked you though. I didn't say can things be haunted. I asked And I you. do believe about possessions. Okay. If things can be, po- everything can be possessed and haunted and okay. everything. Yes. Right, okay, so there you go. There's the two, the two sides of the coin. So, I basically take these movies with a grain of salt, which is... I can see the argument that they can be offensive if you're saying, wait a minute, we're holding up these people as, you know, God-given, oh my God, look at what they're doing, they're the saviors, etc. But in reality, if they were just lying about it, then, you know, that's not a great thing to be celebrating. I understand. But I think the movies play so fast and loose with what the truth is anyway, that I kind of just take the Warrens as fictional characters in the movies. Like, they're not real people. The okay. only one I have a problem with is the new one, and we'll get into why. But, but yeah, but I think it's a really fun... Fr- franchise. Okay. Yeah, so do I. Love so do it. I. Love it. Yeah. And they corn, make lots of movies. Popcorn. Lots of, lots of money. They do make lots of money. Yeah. It's good popcorn, popcorn horror, as we say. Yeah. So, do you remember the first time you saw The Conjuring as well? Because I can't, actually... No. Cal, I don't remember what I had yesterday for breakfast and you're asking me when I watched The Conjuring. No, I don't. Fair enough. So in the run-up to this new film, we watched the first two Conjuring movies. We didn't watch the spin-offs because, we, as I say, we already covered them in the podcast. Now, anything you want to say about the first two Conjuring movies before we get into the new one? Um, first one, loved it. Second, really liked it. Oh, right, okay, you're kind of already spoiling your ranking a little bit there, but I would agree so with you. I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, it, we're talking about only these two, like like the Conjuring series, just that, That's true. two, this, and the new one, shit. That's it. <laughs> so, I would say that every time I watch The Conjuring, I forget how scary it is. I think The Conjuring 1 is truly one of the scariest mainstream horror films of the last decade, 15 years. Yeah. I, it genuinely is terrifying. And the some, second one, some of it is. 
It's just too long. It's way too long. But, but they, and it just, relies on too much. See, like the Crooked Man. I love the Crooked Man, but then when it actually comes to his scene, you're like, ah, I'm out of it. It's too big. It's too cartoonish. Yeah, this, I, but I think if you take out those two elements, I think it will be just really good. Yes. So my favourite sequences in both films are the smaller parts. It's the Joey King sequence in the first one. Mm-hmm. There's someone behind the door. Yeah. Christine? Are you alright? Do you see it? See what? There's someone behind the door. What? see anyone it's looking right at us that sequence is terrifying and it's the nightmare that uh, Lorraine Warren from Ega has where she sees Valak at the end of the hallway oh yeah and falls so into the and room she's writing the bible at the end of the yeah. falls into the room and then walks right the shadow walks around the wall honey What's wrong? Mom. Who's that? Go back. Those two sequences are my favorite sequences in each respective movie. So I like it when it goes small. Now, the conjuring, the devil made me do it. Oh, well, something like I would like to mention is sure. like the star. Like of. when they meant to put the title on the movie and then it goes really loud. And we were like, oh my God, it goes really loud. When it's like, ooh. Yeah, so when the conjuring and it's like, oh my God, appears on screen in the titles. I love it. I Same. love it. Love, I'm going to play it. a little clip of the soundtrack. Just here. Okay. So, like, it gets super loud. Right, so The Conjuring 3. Um, we discussed this a bit a few weeks ago because we yeah. watched the trailer. We saw the trailer at the cinema. We were sort of back and forth as to whether or not we were excited yes, about it. Yes, because first we watched the trailer on the TV and we, we were like, what? Meh. Okay. Okay. And then we watched it on the cinema and we're like, oh my God, it looks so bad. Right. Why? Okay, it looks so bad. And then we watched the movie in York. York, yeah. Yes, we went to York. It was lovely. I totally recommend you to go. It's so cute. Yes. Yeah, love, love it, love it, love it. Um, but yeah, we went to the cinema there, and I was excited because I'm still I excited, did, because yeah. I didn't have at this point any expectation of the movie. So, oh well, my expectations were quite low. So I yeah. thought this is gonna surprise me because at the end of the day, I was like, oh, it's The Conjuring. I mean, they're not gonna let this guy mess mess it up like he did. Which with guy? Them. With the guy with La Llorona. So you're talking about Michael Chavez yeah, or so, Chaves. I've heard some people call him Michael Chaves. I don't really know how you think Well, and I thought, I mean, th- this is a famous, like, franchise. And someone is going to tell him, look, you need to cover all these points. And then do your thing. We're going to let you put your signature director, whatever. But follow this. And, yeah. Keep me honest. <laughs> so... This is the thing. So we actually discussed this on the podcast last year when it was announced that he would be the director of The Conjuring 3. Yeah, or we two were years disappointed. Ago. We were disappointed when that was first announced. Because we hated hate the Curse, the of, Curse of La Llorona. That baffles me that some people think it's good. Or that we've seen some rants and lists that people do. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the actual <laughs> fuck? 
What the fuck what? Like, did they get hit in the head when they were babies or what? How do you think that the movie is good? I don't think people think it's good. I think some people don't think it's the worst in this franchise. It's just... Yeah, okay. So, he directed Curse of La Llorona, which you've heard he said I hate. You've also heard, as I say, if you listened to our episode two years ago, we both hated it at the time. We've not seen it since. We have no interest in seeing it since. Uh, it's a good, pretty confident saying it's both our least favourites in this universe. So he was going to step in in place of James Wan to direct the third Conjuring movie, and we were a bit eh on it. Not only did we watch the first two Conjuring movies, actually, we also watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose, because that's about a court case and possession. So we covered all the bases going into this mm-hmm. to be like, right, let's see where this falls, how it does things better or worse. And I came out of the cinema in New York and I said to you, I think that is my least favourite in the franchise except for La Llorona. Yeah. I, I have that, again, spoiler for my ranking, but I have this down at the bottom as well. I really did not like this movie. Yeah, that's my, yeah, the bottom. So it baffles me to see people saying things like, well, it's not as good as the first two Conjuring movies, but it's better than the spin-offs. Because I don't think it's oh, better no, than most the of the spin-offs. Sorry. Right? Okay, we'll find out. <laughs> it's because I said I have it in the bar, and then I was like, oh no, remember, I can't, like, I wasn't able to write properly, and I said, I can't read it. I'm like, yeah, I have it in the bar. No, it's not in the bottom. Okay. But anyway. So, yes. this movie, I don't like it. So, why did you don't like it, guys? Right. Good. Thank you. I think Chavez or Chaves, whatever, however... You pronounce his name. We're going to say Chavez. I'll say Chavez because that's what I said on the La Llorona episode. So I'm going to say that again. Michael Chavez. I don't think he can construct a scare. Okay. I think every single one of his scares is a jump scare. There's no tension to it. It's always a jump scare. Mm -hmm. And it's always super obvious. It's beat for beat. I know when the jump's going to come. So if I compare it to the other film we're going to talk about in this episode, A Quiet Place Part 2, not to spoil that yet, but there is a couple of jump scares in that that caught me off guard. Yeah. A Conjuring 3, I'm not saying I didn't jump because it gets really loud at times with the jumps. But that's quite lazy, yeah. But I knew they were coming. Yeah. Every time. Same. Second thing I don't inter- like about this movie, I think it is offensive. As well, It didn't offend me, but I've heard people say that these films are offensive. As I say, they, they're celebrating... Why do you think it's so this is what I'm trying to get to. So, this movie is about a court case, a real court case that happened because a real man murdered another man, Aaron Johnson. He murdered someone. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is, oh, it's the court case that shocked America because this defense attorney said that he was not guilty by reason of uh, demonic possession. The devil made him do it. He wasn't in control of his body, right? Okay. That really happened. But what really happened is they presented that case to the judge mm-hmm. and the judge said, absolutely not. You cannot prove that. Fuck off. And so they went to trial and claimed it was self-defense. They did not claim in front of a jury that he, present- that he was possessed by the devil. Mm-hmm. This was just something that was presented as an initial defense and was thrown out immediately. Yeah. So I think it's silly to sort of base your whole movie around something that basically was one day in court, if not less, and two, this is the thing, somebody actually died. This is a real murder case. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't tell you the person's name. I couldn't tell you anything about his family. I couldn't tell you. The movie is not interested in that person that died. They are just like, huh, isn't that funny? They got murdered, but this guy was possessed when he done it. How tragic. And you're like, wait a minute. That guy actually died. There's the real tragedy. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Now, apparently that guy was a bit of a shit. And in real life, the guy who was murdered. Yeah, in real life. Because that's what movie, I've read. Yeah, that's what I've read. He's a bit of a shit, and he was, as I say, the self-defense thing was maybe more realistic as what happened. They were in a bit of a fight. He grabbed someone, etc., etc. But still, this is a real man that was murdered, and the movie just goes on a wild goose chase to prove demonic possession, and forgets that there is a victim in this. Just completely ignores it. And I was like, wait a second. What are we doing? 
Because if I compare it to The Conjuring 2, I think The Conjuring 2 has the same problem to overcome and overcomes it better. So if you remember the start of The Conjuring 2, it's the Amityville murders. Yeah. And it's the guy walking through the house shooting his family. Mm -hmm. And we see him shoot his family. But what we don't see is the exact moments of the murder. So you'll see him point the gun at the person. We're looking down the barrel of the gun. Mm -hmm. And then it just cuts to blood up the wall. We hear a shotgun sound, it just cuts. You actually don't see the gun fire. You don't see it hit the body. It, like, misses a frame. And when I was watching it, I could be wrong, but to me, that is James Wan trying to be as respectful as possible while covering a real murder, which is, I'm not going to show you the actual death. I'm going to show you the before and the after. But you don't see this middle section. It actually looks cool on the screen. And it yeah. looks really jumpy and it's kind of weird. And it's yeah. also supposed to be a bit of a dream sequence because Lorraine's in the person's head. Yeah. Or she's... So it all kind of makes sense. Whereas this one, I think, doesn't even try. It just ignores it. It just goes, but this guy was possessed. And then you go, but wait a minute. That was thrown out immediately. No, he wasn't. And also it makes up the whole cult. Oh, it's just... I get that most of these movies are all made Look. up. But its story is based around one tiny thing. And we go off on a wild goose chase, and then it's and the thing we end up getting is not interesting in my opinion. Well, what I think, what I don't like about this movie is one, we don't get to know the characters. We came out from the cinema knowing none of the names of the people in the case, the people who was murdered, the people. I could just yeah, like, I could have told you one name, which yeah. is the Arn Johnson, the person who did it. Well, then that's it. But because I think he's quite famous, but apart from that, I don't know. We didn't get the moments like, oh, let's kind of see how the family is really happy and whatever, whatever. We get one launch scene and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's like, it's so weird. I just think it's like, I don't get connections to these people. I don't know what's going on. Okay. I mean, I'm watching the movie, but I'm not interested if they live or die. Like, I was like, yeah, okay. Like, with the other movies, I was like, oh, I feel sorry for the poor girl that is possessed or this demon is using her. Or the mom that you see her, like, getting, like, hurt and she, like, loves the family. And then you can see her, like, the transformation she gets through the whole process. Here it's just like, no, that's it. Kill him. The demon is not there. Gone. I'm just a regular person. And then there's a witch using this guy. And wherever she wants, and it's like, okay, and he screams a lot in some points, but that's it. I, there's no connection at all with any of the characters, and yeah, just I think that's one of the points that was missing for me. Yeah, so I we talked about this as well after the movie that when we yeah. watched The Conjuring Two, the movie isn't scared to go to London for like I I, I would be convinced it has to be at least thirty minutes. With no Ed or Lorraine Warren. Yeah. And just we're just with this family that are encountering the hauntings and how they're dealing with it, etc. Uh, how it progresses. Yes. And it lets you get involved and care about this family. Yeah. And then we bring Ed and Lorraine Warren in because they're, you know, they're going to help and yeah, solve yeah, it or whatever, yeah. right? But this movie, yes, like you say, this movie is so scared to l- let you know about these people or what their lives are like, or whatever. It's like, we need Ed and Lorraine in immediately. We need them in. We need them in. And it just forces them in. And it just forces them in the strangest ways. Then we split them up, and we follow them in a, as they're invest. Oh. It becomes like an investigation movie. It's not scary. Can I just say, this movie is not scary. Yeah. And the villain is not scary. I know, like, the movie starts with, like, in the middle of an exorcism from, from a kid. Right. And then well, immediately, it's like, something is happening. Mm-hmm. And Lorraine and the other guy, Ed, Ed are already there. Yes. And then finish. And but then to be fair, the second country movie opens similarly with they're already there. Yeah, but that's but not that's not the case they're solving. But this is also not like this is. I know, but that's like the, well, okay. So the, the the movie starts with that, and then the demons from the kid goes into the guy. Arn, yeah. Yeah, the guy that's gonna kill the other person in the trial and everything. And then we kind of get flashbacks when they move to the house, but only the kid picking his room, having an encounter, and that was it. Apart from that, we don't know anything about this family. Yeah. And yeah, like I like 
That's that. That's all the flashback I get from their previous life, <laughs> and that's it. Like, yeah, I think I think yeah, the connection is not there, and that's why I think the movie doesn't work for me. Right. Um. Yeah. That's the only problem you have is just the connection. <laughs> oh no, and then it's too messy. It's too many things happening at the same time. Too many things like, as you say, there's some like an investigation. Uh, there's a witch. There's a uh, the court. There's the guy in jail that also experiences things, and it's so weird. And then at the same time, also Ed and the other guy that helps them are trying to look for more clues. They found clues, but it's like, so what? The connection of these murders is what they're doing to this witchcraft. And I was like, what's going on? Where's the unicorns is going to appear in the screen? Because that's the only thing missing. Like, it was too much. So, yes, you've, there's a number of problems there, I think, as well. So, one is we learned that the reason for the possession of the wee boy that they're at the start of the movie, they're doing the exorcism of. And Arn says to the demon, take me instead of the wee boy. That's how he gets possessed. That's what leads to the murder, right? We learn that the reason the wee boy was possessed is because he was targeted by witchcraft or a, a cult, a witchcraft cult. Mm -hmm. And that other people have also been targeted. And we go and investigate these other uh, possessions or whatever. Now, they meet up with a former priest at one point who tells them that it's Satanists that are doing this. And that the reason that they are targeting these people is random. There is no reason. Now, I immediately was like, right, that's just laziness. Because you've made this up, right? There was no Satanist cult involved in this case. There was no witch's totem found in the basement of this house where this all supposedly happened. Or did happen, but supposedly happened because of demonic possession. Um, so you've added this Satanic cult into it. But you can't even add a reason as to why it's happening. Your reason is just, huh, it's random. And I was just like, what the fuck are we doing? This is just so wild. It's so all over the place. Yeah. Secondly, the police do not behave in any manner like the police would behave. For example, Lorraine is able to identify a murder weapon of a crime she's not known about to prove her psychic abilities. She's able to take them to a position where they found the body. She's able to direct them to a place where they will find another body. And this proves to the police that she is psychic. But what that proves to me is she was involved in the murder. Yeah. If I'm a police officer, I'm like, wait a second, we're taking you in. Rather than, oh my God, look at you, you're psychic. And I'm not saying that the movie isn't... Like, there is no scene where the police even consider it. So... You could argue, like, well, we just don't see them consider it. Exactly. So there's no evidence that they do. Yeah. The movie just presents the fact that the police take her at her word. It is baffling to me. It's completely baffling. And then finally, the villain, as I said, is not scary. It's just uh, a witch, basically. Like, yeah. uh, but not a witch like uh, Beth, Beth, Beth Sheba from the first one, who is genuinely no, terrifying. It's just a person. It's just a woman. Um, kind of like an old woman. And as I think I said to you, I didn't know through the movie is she, one, was kind of like a memory <laughs> or was like a ghost or was like a real person. Yeah. I wasn't sure. And I said to you, I don't know if it's because of them, uh, because the movie is in English, I speak Spanish and English is my second language. But... I was like, I, I mean, I was understanding what the movie was about and everything. I do understand everything, don't worry. But the, the way that she moves in some parts is unnatural. So I was like, oh, okay. So she actually got powers already. Yeah. Or what she, because, and I was like, so what she's doing this to get more powers? So she. And then, and then I was like, okay, so she's alive or she's dead. Or the dad, then the dad is like, oh, it's my daughter. And he's like, oh, the dad wants to bring her, bring her back to life. And I was like, or what? Like, he kept her in the basement or something? And I was like, what's going on? Like, I, I don't think they put it that clear. And it's quite weird how they use this character. Yes, they want to make her, like, creepy and terrified. Not, and I don't think it is. And they put things that no. just confuse the audience, I think. Or they confuse me. <laughs> So what I took from it was that she is a witch that got her powers by 
uh, invoking Satan in some way and promising him a soul. Like, mm-hmm. if you give me powers, I'll give you a human soul. And this is what she's trying to get as a human and soul. And live with the dad in the basement. She doesn't live with the dad in the basement. But that's in the dad's basement house. What's in the dad's basement? The altar and Yeah, but she doesn't live there. But that's her altar to Satan, yeah. I she know, needs to what? protect it. That's the thing. That's you can't just have your altar in your front li- ri- room. No, but it's her, so she lives with the dad. That's what I'm saying. The dad knew. Why did that? You know, like... Uh, yeah, I, that's I just, how the problem. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. again, she sacrificed two other people, and this one's supposed to be the third to complete the thing. And again, what are the connections? It's just random people. Well, that's what they say is that it's random, yeah. I know, and I was like, that's so stupid. I think it's stupid. Like, I, I mean, I'm not expert in the Wicca or the black magic or anything. What was the first one you said? The Wicca, you know, like the black magic stuff. No. Anyway, whatever, like those things. But you just don't pick random, like all this, like, oh, I'm going to invoke something or whatever. Yeah. So I they, people... they always invoke things that are connections. Like, I think that's a quite lazy thing for this movie just to say, oh, they were random. That's what I think. Uh, no, <laughs> I've seen people online saying it's something to do with the son, the lover, and something else. There's three things, but then they're trying to. But then people are like, "But wait a minute, who's the son? Who's the lover? Because if it's the lover, then it's the girl." But are they implying that the girl who Lorraine finds the body of? Are they implying that she was lovers with her friends? They don't imply that in any way. So, no, so I've seen people online argue as to who is. So yeah, it's not clear. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really messy. And it's so probably messy. you're listening, thinking, "So what's the movie about? It's about a case with it's not about lots a case. of things." With lots of things happening in the background, in the background, it's more important than that actually the case. Yeah, so there it's is messy. three seconds in a courtroom. I know. Like, <laughs> compare it to The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is about a court case about demonic possession. I would say that that movie that is, is infinitely better than this movie. Yeah. Infinitely scarier. And even then, I don't think that's as scary as I used to think when I was a teenager. That's come down in my estimations. But I still think it's 10 times, 15 times, 20 times better than this. Well, uh, well, I'm just going to mention one thing that actually made me laugh in the movie. In which movie? In this one. Okay, definitely um, we do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's that uh, they're talking, the Warrens are talking to the lawyer, like, we need to prove, we, we, we can prove that it was demonic possession. Mm-hmm. And, this, and then the lawyer's like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm not going to present that. We're going to make fun of us. We're going to lose. Trust me. I. How can you do that? Like... I'll show you. Come on, let's let's go and visit Annabelle. I hated that. I, I really like it. I, I just laugh that. and then come back and like we 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 are gonna play with the money position. I was like, well, Annabelle did. Yes, it's like, <laughs> what did she do? Yeah, that's fine. I thought that was funny. Because that's what I mean. Though. They're just so they're just relying on the the. the the big hitters. They need Ed. They need Lorraine Warren. They're scared to go anywhere without them in this movie. And then also. They're like invoking Annabelle when they don't need to. It's not necessary. No, oh, well. So, for anyone who's still listening, we both hated this. Well, I hated this movie. You hated it, didn't like it? Just, this is too messy. I wouldn't watch it again. Okay. Uh, can I just say, last point before we get to our rankings of The Conjuring is that the wee boy who was possessed at the start, mm-hmm. now, that real person... So as I say, that's a real person, and we hear his exorcism at the end, the real exorcism that took place. Now, I'm not sure if it was him or his brother, but one of them has basically openly said, no, this wasn't, I think it's his brother, but like, we were scammed, the the Warrens eh, are manipulative liars, like, my brother had issues, severe problems, and they just profited off that. He was not possessed, this is bogus. Uh, he's been pretty public about this, mm-hmm. right? So with that in mind, I would also say that my issues with whether or not this is offensive or distasteful are over the end credits where we hear the exorcism, the real exorcism. Yeah. And I am after sitting there thinking, that's a sick, that's a sick young boy. Yeah. And we're just listening to people talk shite as he is suffering. And yet this isn't a mainstream movie released all around the world and we're all supposed to just be like, huh, it's fine. I, I just, uh, that baffles me. Now, I'm not saying it's the first movie to do it and it won't be the last, 
But with everything that's gone on and gone wrong about this movie, I just think it's another piece to kick it with. And so I'm going to do it. I'm going to kick it with it. Fuck this movie. So you want to give your rankings of the full Conjuring franchise? Yeah, so how do I need to start? I need to start at the, the bottom and okay. go to the top. Or do you want to go 8, 8, 7, 7, 6, 6, 5, 5? No, no, I'm just going to tell them all. Right, 8. So, 8. The Curse of Girona is shit. Is shit. I hate it. Uh, 7. That will make me do it. It's messy. I don't get connections with the people. Uh, yeah, 7. Number 6. The Nun. I put this, the nun here. I, I We talk about this before. I said I don't like it. That is really weak, blah, blah. But nuns, like, scare me. So I put it number six. So, yeah, the nun is better than the devil make me do the devil make me do it and the curse of La Llorona. Number five, Annabelle Comes Home. Really like the movie. Why is there? Because I just think it's the weakest of the Annabelle. So I'll put it in fifth. Number four. The Conjuring 2! Oh, Only wow. because it's, it's quite, quite long. Wow. Shut up. Number 3. Annabelle Creation! <laughs> I mean, I love Annabelle. And that movie is good. And I really like it. So, yeah. Number 2. Annabelle! The first one! <laughs> I love it. It's the movie. It's really creepy. I like how starts i like i like the scene with the elevator it's really creepy i really like the girl annabelle what's the no no wallace yeah. yeah the real actress name love her i really love the movies i think it's a classic and the number one is the conjuring one because it's really good and that's gisela right you said earlier on this episode that the conjuring the devil made me do it was not down the bottom no, no, there wasn't. You said it's my bottom, and I no, like, I didn't. I said it was down at the oh, bottom. Oh, I th- yeah. Well, you said down at the bottom is the, the no. Last I just one. mean down low, low oh, on the list. Oh, okay. I thought you would say that's the last no, one. No, I or told. If the- someone tells me that's down in the bottom, I think oh, that's the last one. But anyway. Anyway, right. Number eight, the Curse of La Llorona. This is my list. I would agree with Isela there. Number seven, The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. I would agree with Isela there. Number six, The Nun. I would agree with Gisela there. Number five. And I am baffled it's so high on your list. Annabelle is your number two. Shut up. And the reason as well, I should say, that we're doing these lists is not because I asked Gisela to do them. It's because she stumbled across a list on bloodydisgusting.com or something um, earlier today and went off on a rant to me about why do people hate Annabelle I know. and I was like what do you mean and she's like this list has it at the bottom and I was like so well people hate mean. Annabelle so I think that it kind of looks a bit cheap and it's not really that good a movie except for the two sequences you mentioned but hey it's better than the other three uh, below it number four Annabelle Comes Home just an improvement on Annabelle in fact the, the Warrens are in Annabelle Comes Home yeah. Which means if we had to say what the best three films with the Warrens are in, it would not be the three Conjuring movies. It would be The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, and Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, sorry. Number three, The Conjuring 2. Number two, Annabelle Creation. Baffling that Isela doesn't think this is the best Annabelle film, because it is by Miles. It's number three. But... <laughs> yeah, but you've got another Annabelle film above it. Yeah, I know. And that's what I'm saying. I'm baffled that you don't think Annabelle Creation is the best. And uh, number one is The Conjuring, because... It is genuinely terrifying. It is genuinely exciting. It is the birth of this franchise. And it never fails to entertain, excite and scare me. Ever. I love it. Yay! Now, before we move on very, very quickly. There was a news article that came out today. Again, I think it was on bloodydisgusting.com. About the curse of La Llorona. Michael Chavez has said that it's not really part of this franchise. Okay. That it was only supposed to be like a little Easter egg, which to me means it is part of the franchise. Yeah. It, it was supposed to be the Father Perez with the connection, and but you weren't supposed to know about it until you were watching the movie. In the end, obviously, they ended up promoting it as part of the universe. Yeah. So he's saying, like, he kind of feels like it's this sort of odd one out. So if some people want to argue that it's not part of the franchise, feel free to do so. We actually argued that point two years ago when we saw the movie. Yeah, fair enough. I have it in the last, I mean, in the bottom of my list. We said that it felt like a cash grab, that they were 
on a shit movie and they just threw the conjuring in to try and make some more money. So if he says that it's not part of the universe, we're happy with that because it is a pile of garbage. So that's uh, the conjuring. It's conjuring the devil, maybe do it. That's one of two. So the second movie. Yay! We saw the next day, the very next day, we also saw in York. Yay, York is really good for movies. <laughs> it was very good for movies because Glasgow was closed at the time and we were in York. So, it's a quiet place part two. I don't know why he came all the way up here. There's nothing left. And it is obviously, as I've already said, it's a franchise. And we've not covered this franchise on the podcast, but we did see a quite this one in the cinema. Have you seen it since? I'd never seen a quite Yes, this. it was on TV. <laughs> I told you. But did you watch it? No, but I remember. That's what I mean. I haven't watched a quiet place one since the cinema. Um I remember liking it a lot when I saw it. I remember liking it a lot. I remember hating it for not letting me eat my popcorn. Because it was so quiet in the cinema, and I and I have this big bag of popcorn, and I was like so annoying. Thank God the end. There's aliens, or whatever they are, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> like just eating them all because the movie is so quiet. Yes, it was, and a quiet place too is similar to that, which is why we bought a small bag of popcorn so we could eat it during the trailers, <laughs> uh, which we did. So we saw it in New York. Did you go into this one with high expectations, low expectations? Like No expectations. No expectations. So yeah. I went in quite high ones because I really liked the trailer. I think the trailer for this movie was great. Um, I was like, it's going to be another quiet movie, okay, but let's see. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's really, really good. So yes. Go to your cinemas and watch this movie because you are going to have a really good time. So it opens with day one. Like a flashback, black flash. Kind of my words. Like. Flashback when flashback everything sequence. is fine. Day zero. Day, day one. one. Day one. Yeah, yeah, when the aliens first arrive. So that allows John Krasinski to come back, although he is the director and writer of this movie. But it allows to come back in front of the camera because he is alive. Obviously, he doesn't die until the end of first quiet place. This is day one. So we see the community when it gets first invaded by these creatures, and obviously people don't yet know that they have to be silent, they don't yet know how to defeat these things or whatever, so it's just carnage. What's your thoughts on this sequence? Really good. Is that all? Yes. It is ten times better than The Conjuring 3. Oh, I didn't know we were comparing them to The Conjuring 3. I everything, everything is better than The Conjuring 3, Callum. Everything. Everything. Except the Curse of La Llorona. Except the Curse of La Llorona. Yes. <laughs> so, whatever. So, this movie comes into existence because, obviously, the first one was such a big success. John Krasinski said he did not want to come back and do a sequel, uh, but he was happy for someone else to do it. And the studio said to him, well, can you just pitch them, give them like a little sentence or two to sort of get them started? And he said, Fine. And as he wrote his pitch, which was basically carry on the story, set it straight after the first one, so carry on from the initial story, but make Reagan, the little girl, the the deaf girl, the daughter, make her the main character. That's how you make a sequel. And as he started to write this pitch, he realised, oh shit, I kind of want to make this sequel. And so he did. So Millie is the main character in this one. After day one... Yeah, meteorite appears. What? A meteorite. How do you call it? A meteor. Meteor. <laughs> meteorite. Yeah, at, no, but after that, we do a, a Quiet Place Part 2, and we cut to basically the end of the first movie. And yeah. this is taking place immediately after. So John Krasinski is dead, and the family are leaving the farm. So that will be a, the mother, played by Emily Blunt. Reagan, who's the daughter, played by Melissant, I believe her name is. Millie? Yeah, Melissant Simmons. And Marcus, who is Noah Duke. So they're leaving the farm. They're going out into the world to try and find other survivors because they figured out a way to defeat these aliens. Mm-hmm. Now, 
they stumble across an old family friend played by a picky blinder. That's me doing the Birmingham accent. Fucking picky blinder. <laughs> That's me doing it. Why? So who's it played by? Um, his name is. Don't you shout? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Character's name is Emmett. Yes. Oh, he has a really Irish name. Is. Uh, oh, oh my God! I can see it. It's, it's, um, give me the first letter. C. Surname is Murphy. Ah! No, it's not crazy. Killian Murphy. <laughs> Killian Murphy. Right, we were never going to get there. Yeah, I know it. So, uh, they appear at his farm. Now, on their way to his farm, do you remember what happens? Yeah. Um, what happens? They cross, like, a uh, fence, and then they do a lot of noise, and they need to run, because the things are coming. Right. And then the guys took them inside, like... No, that's not what happens. Yes, yeah, what, ha- what happens then? What happens to the wee boy? Yes, he gets a, a bear trap. Yeah, he stands in a bear trap. But yeah, of course, that just, how could we forget? You just gloss over that. Yeah, he stands in a bear trap as they're running through. And that's when I was like, this is why I love these movies. As mainstream as they are, as, as, as popcorn-y as they are, they're not afraid to get brutal. So if you think back to A Quiet Place 1 right at the start, the wee boy, mm-hmm. the, like the youngest boy, the baby, is, dead. is wiped out, is killed immediately. Yeah. And then in this one, we see the trailer, we see in the trailer, we see them running through this farm because they've made some noise. And then Killian Murphy popping out and telling them, shut up, there's one in the building. Yeah. And we see all that. What we don't see is what happens in the interim, which is... Noah steps in a bear trap mm-hmm. and it has to be silenced. Like, he has to be covered so he's not screaming out into open air because he can't make any noise. And I'm like, I love these. These movies are not afraid to get brutal. Yeah. This is a young kid and we've just seen his foot get hacked to pieces. And in the first movie, we saw his brother get wiped out. So they get to a little basement and they are safe. Kelly Murphy saves them. And the guy's like, you can't stay here. You can't stay here. uh, Go. Yes. And he's a bit of a dick. And... But he's really handsome, so that's fine. As I've seen other people say on podcasts and things, which is, if I'm in a post-apocalyptic world, the last person I want to run into is Killian Murphy, because... Why not? He's really handsome. Yeah, but... He's not got a great record in post-apocalyptic world. If you think, like, 28 days later, like, when if he turns up, basically something bad's happened. I haven't seen that movie. Is he in that movie? He is in that movie, and it is great. Like, I love Killian Murphy, but what I'm saying is, if he turns up at your door, it means something bad is happening or about to happen. That's what I mean. Look, he has control... Birmingham really good in the Piggy Blinders, so I will definitely trust him. Well, nothing to do with that 21 later day. 21 days later? 20 days later or 48, I don't know how many days. 28 days later. Exactly, I don't know. No. So, nothing to do with that movie, okay? Right, so, in the Piggy Blinders then, is he like a guy you would like to turn up at your house? Just now, would you like him to turn up? if, If I'm in his team, yes. I, I, I will team. If you're team, yes. Of course, I will be like, protect me, yes. I want you in my team. So what yeah. Zella's saying is she agrees with organized crime. Yeah. Look, I, I would like him. I would like King Kong, Godzilla, uh, Rambo. And I, no, in my team, so these uh, amazing characters will attack everybody and protect me. I haven't seen Piggy Blinders. So I can't compare. Exactly. So you don't know how good he is. I'm just saying, really though, handsome. I don't want dangerous people turning up at my house. And Killian Murphy, as great an actor as he is, he has survive. a habit of playing dangerous survive. people he or people survive. that get into shit circumstances. Now, he he's survive. great at that, so I'm not against the fact that he's in this movie. He's amazing in this movie. All I'm saying is, they could have run into better people. Well, he was nice in day one. He was nice in day one, yeah, exactly. you're talking about the start of the movie. So, but he's not nice here, and he tells them, basically, the people that are left are not worth saving. People are basically 
they're now just scavenging, they're out for themselves. Society's completely broke down, so I don't know what you're going looking for. You should basically stay home and just defend your home and your family. That's what you need to do. Leave me alone. And he wants nothing to do with him. Yeah. In the meantime, Millie tells her brother, they come across a signal, sorry. They come across like a... A radio station, a radio station playing, playing a, a song. And she's able to discern the signal. They're playing a... Is it Across the Sea or something? I don't know. I can't remember the song. And she discerns like, it's not just a random song they're playing. They're telling us where to go. And then in secret, she tells her brother, I'm going to go. It's what dad would have wanted. We can't stay here. I need to leave. Yeah. So she leaves. And then... And then the mom Emily is like, Blunt says to Kelly Murphy, please go, and save, please my go girl. and save my daughter and get her back. She's out there alone. And that's how he leaves. And that's how we split the movie in two. We are now following Millie and Killian Murphy and Noah and Emily Blunt, who are in the the bunker still. They're just trying to keep safe in the bunker. They've yeah. got a little baby as well. because She gave birth in the first movie, if you remember it. So the majority of the movie follows Millie's journey, Reagan's journey, I should say. And this is what I was saying when we talked about The Conjuring. There are a couple of sequences where the jumps caught me off guard. And not only that, it's just better directed in terms of the horror and ramping up the tension. So if you think uh, the sequence where she comes across is at a train, Mm -hmm. and she's deaf, so she can't hear if she's making any noise. I like when the movie put you in her perspective that like you don't hear anything well, and then you do they, hear it's and then kind of switch. muffled it's like you're underwater that's what you hear yeah and then when and then but suddenly change to the other one then change to her I, I kind of like that like oh I'm now I'm with, he, with in her character okay I'm her yeah like so that. she comes across a train and it's full of dead bodies yeah do you remember what happens in this sequence yeah there's um an alien Right, but she doesn't see it. Yeah. The camera's facing hear, yeah. her, and it's behind her. Mm-hmm. And she can't see it, she can't hear it. Yeah, but how, like... We know it's there. And I'm thinking, like, I, I remember watching it being like, immediately, this this one shot is better than anything from The Conjuring. Like, it's already scarier. Yeah. I'm so tense, what's going to happen? I mean, the whole movie is so tense. Like, it's so quiet. It... Like, that's what I was saying to you. Like, it's not like jumping things or the aliens are scary. That because they're not that scary. I mean, they're scary what they're going to do to you if they hear you. But you can just drop something and that freaks you out because the whole movie is so tense, so quiet. And you're like, oh, fuck's sake. Or like, oh, when they're, when they're like um, trying to move things, like walk around, like, you know, like all those little things, like, it's already so tense, like, you're just holding your breath and you don't notice, I just, that I think that's the magic of this movie, doesn't need to be scary with monsters or anything. It does have monsters in it. I know, but the monsters are not that scary, they're scary because of the sound and what they can do, right. like, they, they are there, like, they're not, oh my god, I'm not gonna sleep because I saw yeah. a monster, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you are like, okay, just don't breathe or just like, and then no move on, even if you like, my knee cracks or something, because my knee cracks a lot, <laughs> they will kill me for that. That's the thing. Like, it's just like um, regular things that we have in our house. We just don't realize how noisy they are. And in this environment, everything matters. Like, yeah, that's everything. why I would like to go to one of those, I don't know what they call it, one of those chambers that has all the spikes in the wall that deflects all the sound. Okay. So that means that it's as quiet as, and people say you can hear your own heartbeat if you stand there. Oh, that's it, so weird. Because it's so quiet. Oh, no. Like, because the sound, instead of bouncing off the wall. Where are those things? They're all around the world. They, I can't remember the name of them. Something chamber. But basically, it's, science, it's used for science and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can book to, to go in and experience it. I wonder if there's one in London. We should oh. look into it. Because I would like to go that in and see cool. How quiet it really is. Yeah. Because you, as you say, you don't realize how loud things are. Yeah, like like even just taking a notebook and open it. Yeah. Like that's a sound that you. It's not a sound, but in this kind of situation, it's like yes, it is a sound. The chair moving, like putting the pillows, like even if it's a pillow, but it's still just 
you need to do it gently and yeah yeah Just, yeah so another thing, I mean the monsters as you say they're not scary but I like how they move like they're yeah. so fast they're like um they're like um like big crickets or like <laughs> they are. They're like, like they're like they're like small clover fields, I would say. They're like a, no ha, locust. Yeah. Yeah. So you like say that. a big locust. Yes. I'm saying a small clover field. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, but they're super fast. So anyway, they go on their journey or whatever, and they um, come across some scavenger people who try to murder them or rob them or whatever. Bit of a fight. Blah blah blah. Meanwhile, Emily Blunt goes out for some supplies because she's going to fix her son's foot up because it's going to get infected or whatever and then he stupidly leaves as well creates a bit of noise and then the monster's trying to break in to get him and the baby and he locked himself in the fucking uh, vacuum chamber or whatever it is and they can't yeah. breathe properly and I actually thought they were going to kill the baby I'm not going to lie like that's what I mean about yeah, the baby I, being I vicious I know it doesn't kill the baby so it's not as vicious but I genuinely believe they would like you saying, like, I knew where the Conjuring 3 was going to go each time. Yeah. I was watching this going, they're going to kill the baby. Well, the, the scene that broke me out the most, I think, was um, where they get locked down in this, like, I don't know what it's like, a vault or something. Like, uh -huh. you can only stay certain times. That's what I'm talking the about. That's the one yeah, I'm yeah. talking about. Like, I was like, so no. The sun goes in there. so much. And he goes in with the baby yeah, okay. to escape the monster. That, that's, you know, I was like... And he accidentally <gasps> locks it from the outside. Yeah. I, I, I was out of breath watching yes. that. Like, it was so painful. And then the kid, you see the kid is like, fuck the baby. Like, I, I need, I want I to survive to too. Yeah, 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 and you're tank. like, oh, you feel so sorry for the kid because obviously he is guilty about it, like stealing this from a baby. Oxygen. Oh. We should make that clear. So... Basically, oh, it's so bad, it's so bad, always, it's so Every sad. time they go in there, they have a towel to keep the door slightly open so yeah. they can always get out, and he's escaping the monster and he forgets to do it, and he just closes the door and it, sh it locks, basically, so he can't get back out, and as we're saying, the oxygen starts to deplete, and they've only got one tank between the, him and a baby, and he starts to take it off the baby. And that's what I'm saying, I genuinely thought they were going to kill the baby, but yeah. alas, Emily Blunt manages to get back in time and open the door and let them out and save them all. Now, when Millie, I keep calling her Millie, that's the actor's name. When Reagan and Emmett, played by Killian Murphy, when they are attacked by the band of scavengers that they are attacked by, they invoke the monster. They, like, make some noise yeah, yeah. so that the monster will come and kill all these people and they have to obviously try and not get killed in the mess of it all. Yeah. They discover something important about these monsters. Yes. Which is? That... Um, it has to do something with the, with the thing? No, they can't swim. The monsters cannot swim. Oh, yeah, yeah, can't swim, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they get a boat this over... This is not a test, Cal. This is not a test. They get a boat over to the island, which is where they've heard the radio signal coming from, and they find a community of people. Yeah, living like a regular life. Like, oh, thank God, like, you can speak. They're making noise. They're Yeah, fires, they're having a barbecue, having a barbecue singing music. songs, drinking hot chocolate. <gasps> Actually, it looks like a really good place to go on holiday. They look very nice. Really, and they really nice. say the same thing, which is, when we found out they couldn't swim, this is where we came. This is the first port of call we came to. And so they have, like, a nice dinner meal. They have a nice evening. Yeah. Uh, and... But, you know, without saying, like, oh, I need to go back and get my mum and tell her to come here. They Like, let's just rest for a bit, and then we'll figure out what to do in the, in the yeah. morning. Uh, and also, what they're trying to get to, sorry, I should also mention, is because the radio signal's coming from there, they're trying to get to the radio signal to broadcast um, mm -hmm. feedback, because feedback is what affects the alien's hearing, and they can then for kill them. Mm -hmm. So that's what they need to get to the radio to just send out a... a, a so when you turn on the radio, it doesn't play a song, it's just feedback. So they have this nice evening, and they're like, we'll get to the radio tomorrow because, you know, that's what that's what a normal person would do is just chill out for a minute. Yeah. I'm not in a hurry, except you are. And they go to sleep. Now, they wake up the next morning. Good old Killian Murphy goes for a walk, just a nice wander around this harmless island. And what does he see? He sees a monster! No, he doesn't see a monster. Yeah, he doesn't. He sees a boat. 
Yes. Oh, where the monster was it? The monster was on the boat the last time yeah. you saw it, and the boat has just drifted on the current over to the island, and it's now empty. So we, the assumption is the monster has off the boat and on the island, and so he runs back to the camp. And starts telling everyone, get inside, get inside. Yeah. That causes him to make a lot of noise. People start to panic. And then what pops out of nowhere? The, the monster! Creature. And it tears this little community that they've built apart. It tears them to shreds. Well, it starts to do that. Yeah. But then they decide to go to, to the radio the station. Radio station. Mm-hmm. So they attract the monsters. But they keep, the monster doesn't destroy the whole thing. No, because as you say, stars too. They they distract it to come away. Yes, and that's like where are we taken to? To the radio station. Yes. And again, be quiet. Oh my God! Like this scene when the when the handsome Glenn Murphy tried to put the girl through the when they get to the radio station. Yes, the cabin. Oh. Yes, because the monster falls there. Because that's the thing. It's like there's a pin. Mm-hmm. You can see a pen, a notebook, and you can see, like, oh, the move the pen, like, oh. Oh, she's climbing through the window. Yes, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, be careful with that. And there's, like, a glass of water, and, like, oh, there's so many things that can make a noise. Yeah, good sequence. And, oh, it is good. Um, cut long story short, they succeed. They get the feedback, and they kill the monster. And Yay. as far as I'm aware, that's the end of the movie. They don't get back to Emily Blunt. They actually just finish a movie no, just like... No, Emily Blunt, they hear the feedback come through the radio. Yes, because they at the same time they are fighting another monster yeah. and... And they discover it. And they're like, oh, she made it. And then the girl plays the whatever thing she has on the ear on the radio. And yeah, feedback. Yeah. And it's like... Dun. Yeah. Yeah, because they can now... So it ends the same way the first one ends. Yes, it's just like... And we're like, what? What? So, A Quiet Place, part three. So they are going to make a third one, but it's oh, really? is it a confirmed? spin-off. Well, currently at the moment, a spin-off is confirmed. I don't think A Quiet Place, part three is actually confirmed. There's going to be a film in this world, in this universe, directed by Jeff Nichols. Um... So we'll need to wait and see what that's going to be. I'm excited for it because I really, really like these films. Um, I know some people shit on A Quiet Place and try and pick apart the plot holes. I think most of the plot holes people raise are actually just what you could consider silly writing. But even then, I don't think it's silly writing. It's more just assuming that characters aren't always going to act perfectly. But of course they're not. Why would you always do the thing that's the most safe people if people did the thing that was the most safe all the time, then people wouldn't smoke, they wouldn't take drugs, they wouldn't drink and drive, you know? So I've never quite bought into that. I've just enjoyed these movies for what they are. And as I say, they're more brutal than I ever expected them to be. They're more tense than I ever expected them to be. Do I think this one's better than the first one? I don't know because I can't really remember the first one. As I say, I've only seen it once. It was really good. But I really liked it. Yeah. But this one... I really liked it as well. I, I would have to say the two cinema experiences we had in New York, this one was far better than um, Conjuring 3. So, yes, definitely. York, thank you for yes. not being in a lockdown. Thank you for not being in lockdown, yeah. <laughs> Lovely place, again, I'm going to say. If you have the chance to visit York, totally cool. I will never visit York if it, we wouldn't have the COVID. For all that, because obviously I will go in Spain, Italy, Croatia, Greece. But now that I have the opportunity to visit places here... I mean, you've always had the opportunity. It's just you've not had the motivation to do so. Ex- oh, and that's, that's the thing, yes. Yeah. And George gave us this two movies. To yes, watch. it is. It did. I mean, we watched The Conjuring in this cinema called... Everyman Everyman Cinema. Cinema. Which is an cinema. Really, really nice cinema. Let me tell you, it's yeah. so cute. It feels like you're in your couch at home. You can have drinks and food, ice cream, everything. It's so nice. And the Quiet Place 2, we watched it in Cineworld. Just a regular movie theater. Yeah, just a regular movie theater. But it was nice to be back on the cinema and we enjoyed it. And Yeah, but yeah. We went to the cinema to see Cruella here in Glasgow. First time going back to the cinema world here. In Glasgow, it was yes. nice. 
Yeah. Had popcorn and all that and loved it. Loved the experience of being back in the cinema. Yay, the world is coming back to what it Let's was. Let's hope it doesn't go back the way it was last yeah. year. Let's hope that this is us now. Yeah, that's me touching the... Oh, touch wood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's the two new, new-ish horror releases that we've covered. We really, really enjoyed one. We really, really despised or disliked the other. <laughs> what did you think? Let us know. Feel free to let us know. I'm sure you probably won't, but fuck it. Why not? Gracias por escucharnos. Yes,